Lord, I offer myself to you. I offer these words that you have given me to you. You're the one that empowers them. You're the one that brings to pass the very things that you say. And Lord, in your word, in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22, you said, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. I am asking you this day, right now, to take the lid off of that bottle and pour out without measure your spirit of joy upon us. You're our redeemer. You're our deliverer. You're the glory and the lifter of our heads. You're the one that puts a new song in our heart. You're the one that sets our feet to dancing. So Lord, I invite you, pour, pour, pour to your glory for our good. In Jesus' name. Well, I think the Lord has a sense of humor. And I know I gave you a, a, um, a handout, an outline, but I'm going to switch it up a little bit because that's what he wanted to do. So I want to direct your thoughts to Psalm 30, verses 11 and 12. We find these words there. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness that my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. O oh Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. What we are witnessing here, this psalm was written by David, what we are witnessing here is a miracle. First of all, without the Lord, there is no joy. Nothing. In our own strength, we could sit there and try to finagle circumstances. We could try to grit our teeth. We could try to cross our fingers and our toes, which I can't do, not with my toes, and, and hope for a good outcome. But at best, it would only be fleeting. At best, there will, there will be more things that come, coming along the way. And those things that are tragedy, those things that would undo us, those things that would heap upon us, those things that minister death to us, we would carry those things around. Not a very pretty picture. The walking dead. You have turned my morning into dancing. And even though the circumstances may not change, there is a transformation in David's heart that says and acknowledges, you have turned my morning into dancing. Something happened in David's heart. Something happens in our heart because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nowhere does he say in Scripture, serve the Lord with sadness. <laughs> Thou hast turned my mourning into dancing for me. But let me, let me make this clear. The Lord is well acquainted with grief and sorrow and being rejected. He knows. He's felt the brunt of it. He was forsaken by his father. But the idea that 
Thou hast turned my mourning into dancing for me. And it just didn't stay in David's heart. He, it, had, it manifested itself in the actions he took. So we see David at later on in that verse that my glory may sing praise, your praise, and not be silent. David couldn't be silent. Did you ever shake up a bottle? Of, don't try this at home, by the way. Did you ever shake up a bottle of soda? And if you do it, or even a can of soda, or accidentally drop an aluminum can of soda on the ground. Oh, boy. You know what happens. It's, it explodes. It comes out. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. So he's, he's refusing to not be silent. He will give thanks, how long? Forever. Is forever a long time? I think so. We're going to be doing it for all eternity, so we better practice now. And the other thing is that he set his feet to dancing. Now, I don't know if David was a Fred Astaire, but that didn't stop him. He chose to dance. He chose to dance with all his might. He chose to dance and he didn't care what other people thought. We live in a day and age where I think political correctness or circumstances have, or the enemy, you fill in the blank, have tried to put a cork on our joy. And I don't mean this to be a heavy, but you know Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, when the king said, when this trumpet sounds, this is what you're going to do. This is the law of the land. They refused to bow down. Now I'm saying that we don't have to go and rub, rub who we are in the, and grab people by the shirt collar, but I think in the midst of what's going on in the world today, and you, we see the darkness, we see the chaos, I think the joy needs to come out. You know, one of my, one of my all-time favorite movies, here we go, It's a Wonderful Life. And God bless George Bailey. There is a scene in that movie where after George receives a revelation, and you know, God delights to give us revelation. I'm going to share in a little bit. That's, he's the source of our joy, and he doesn't keep silent. He, every day he wants to speak with us. We heard from Wayne last week. That's opportunity with a capital O knocking. And whatever he has to say, it's going to be good for me. Even if it's like beet juice. I don't care. It's good for me. It's good. And so when he knocks on the door of our heart and says, let's meet together. I've got something good for you. But George Bailey when he received the revelation that he cried out to God, I want to live again. He couldn't contain it. He couldn't contain himself. And, you know, he ran down the street and he went up to Mr. Potter's window. Merry Christmas, Mr. Potter! Right in the face of the enemy. And let's be honest, every day, the enemy's out there but we don't back off. 
And we don't go up to the enemy to taunt him. But in the face of his circumstances and in the face of our circumstances and the face of whatever you may be facing, you can go up to those circumstances and say, Merry Christmas! God is greater. God is the source of my joy. He is the strength of my heart. He is my portion forever. That's worth shouting about. And I will not go away in a whisper and I will not bend the knee when the enemy tries to dictate God rest ye merry gentlemen. Let nothing you dismay. We make a choice. And even though, and so Mr. Potter's response, Merry Christmas to you in jail. Go on home. And you know, it's not that he was ignorant of the circumstances. He was well aware, but he didn't let them dominate his thinking. He went up there and says, oh, look, there's probably an $8,000 8, deficit. Oh, here's probably a warrant for my arrest. And here's the, here's the photographer to take a... That joy overshadowed the worst of the circumstances. It empowered him to where it changed his outlook. And he was not going to be daunted. He was not going to be shackled. And you know how the rest of it played out. You have loosed my sackcloth. And like a little child when they go outside before they play, I want you to picture what that says. You have girded me. You have girded me with gladness. He is, it says literally, he belted me. Not, not don't think belt the way you think belt. He's belted me with gladness. He girded me with gladness. He wrapped gladness around me. I want you to picture the God who left heaven, came down to earth, took on flesh in our behalf because we couldn't do what was needed. And he did. In that verse, I want you to picture God Almighty taking gladness and wrapping it around you. Wrapping it around me girded me with gladness. That's worth a divine pause. I normally don't, don't think of God on those terms, but that is life-changing. That is a game-changer. Clothed me with gladness. There's a psalm that says he is the glory and the lifter of my head. <sighs> so, joy is a big deal to God. And I'll be honest with you, as I, I, I struggled with, okay, God, I'm going to talk about joy. I'd rather retreat to something that I'm a little more familiar with. And he's, no. When I turned on the radio this week, the very first thing I heard, choose joy. I come out after work, turn on the radio. What do I hear? Choose joy. Now it was Joy FM, but it was saying, choose joy. 
I couldn't get away from choose joy. Okay, God, after about the third or fourth time, I got it. Choose joy. Okay, if that's where you want me to go, I'm going to go there. And God knows my frame. Even this morning, I changed it up. God, really, you want to change up the message? You want to take this psalm out of where I had it in the notes and move it up to the forefront? Yeah, that's what I want to do. I think God's got a sense of humor. But joy, joy is a big deal to God. And because it's a big deal to God, it's a big deal for us. As I dove, as I dove into this, joy or similar words of rejoicing or joyfully or gladness, you will find well over 600 times mentioned in the Bible. That's a lot of joy. 600 and plus times. And those kinds of similar words. The word joy means to brighten up. And I like this, to make glad. Now I want to I dote for just a little bit on my youngest daughter, Leah. I know everybody here dotes on their own kids. I get that. But give me the slack, if you will, to dote just for a little bit on Leah. And that's this. I know my nature, and I'm not Mr. Personality for the most part, but Leah, when she comes into a room, she has a way of brightening. She just walks into the room. It's like, wow, what happened? There's sunshine in the room. She's got this like champagne, this, this effervescence. And I know she doesn't, it's not her working it up. Now, those of you who know her best, am I telling a falsehood? No. Exactly. But I think what's true of Leah and what's true of our kids, I, I want it true for me. He, and he wants it true for all of us. So to me, that's a testimony. That's an example of what God can and wants to do in each one of us. And I'm not ashamed to say that of her. And that I'm proud of her and how she carries herself. So the other thing in saying about the 600 times, I chose these carefully because there's something else that I want you to see with joy. And that is that God, in the same way, when we talk about grace, abundant grace, amazing grace, unfailing grace, Romans, well, let's, let's do it this way. Romans chapter 14, verse 17. It says that the, the kingdom of God does not consist in meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The fact that that joy is one-third of those components is significant. But the other thing that I want you to see is that if we're not right with God, we're not going to have joy. If we're not right with God, we're not going to have peace. And if we don't have peace, we are certainly not going to have joy. Those guys are inseparable. They're as inseparable as Mo, Larry, and Curly. Now, maybe that's not the best way to say it, but it makes the point. Those things are inseparable. But look at that. That's the kingdom of God. That's a part of our kingdom, our day-to-day. Our -day. Righteousness, peace, and joy. 
And because of those other two that are in play, we can have everlasting joy. We can celebrate and not be reserved and be, not be fearful. And just in the way that we were clothed with gladness, we are clothed with righteousness. That righteousness, the righteousness that is of Him makes everything else possible. You know, in the Garden of Eden, when Adam blew it, and he gave them a free will, God could have said, fine, that's it. You had your chance. But he didn't. It, it did not sit well with God. And in the early part of Genesis there where this transpired with the sin, we see that God has a plan in the works and he will go on the offensive in our behalf to redeem, to restore, to deliver, to make brand new. I am so glad that he went on the offensive for us. And he didn't wait for me. He came from heaven to earth to show the way. He came from heaven to earth to light the way. He came from heaven to earth to pay the debt that I couldn't begin to pay. So, Psalm, Psalm 51, verse 12. This is in the, in the a very familiar set of verses. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. The whole package, the whole thing, no matter what area of our life, salvation is applicable to. Joy is to be a part of it. There is no area where God wants salvation to happen, that joy, he wants joy to be a part of it. I have to tell you just a story about Natalie when she was living here in Missouri and she had her car, but it was under my title or under my name on the car title. So one day I get home from work and there's a letter, that's not a letter, but it's from Kansas City. Uh, what it turned out was to be a ticket. But did that go to Natalie? No. Guess who got it? Me. Really? Now I have to admit I wasn't necessarily a happy camper at that moment. But to a greater truth, when we, when we sin, when we miss the mark, we can take that sin. And God took that sin. God took every sin we will ever commit. And he took that sin. Just like it didn't go to Natalie, it went to me. I suspect the Lord handled it a lot better than I did at that moment. But I did come around. Yeah, I, I keep finding that out. But God took the ticket, the ticket that was meant for me. He took it upon himself and he paid the price. He paid the price for my sin. He paid the price for my sickness. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are made whole.
Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Joy is central to that and a part of that salvation. Jude 24. Now unto him who was able to present you, who was able to keep you from falling and to present you before his presence with great joy. Great joy. I looked up that word. You know what it said? Big. I'm sorry, it reminded me of Barney Fife, the one message I did a while back where Barney was so excited, all he could get was the word big out of his mouth. And he said, the one thing we know for sure, what's that? It's big. This is big. This is big in the same vein. But that's good. Every good and perfect gift comes from who? It comes from God. So it's going to be good. It's, there's no lack. There's no shortage. There's no flaw. There's no recall on it. It's good. It's in full. There's no, there's no joy. You know, when God gives joy, it doesn't go like, okay, let's go from a little smile. Let's go to cautious optimism. Let's go to, uh, okay, um, hopeful. There's either, there's joy. There's no meter. There's no place where it stops and say, that's where I stop. No, there's, there's joy. There's nothing else. It, thou hast turned my mourning into dancing. There's no middle ground. But, and that's good. God takes us from one place to the next in our heart. But in that process, he speaks to our heart. And in John 15, he says, I speak these things unto you that your joy may be full. So in the same way, when Wayne was talking about, and he speaks into your life, we spent a significant amount of time earlier this year talking about spiritual declarations. When he comes knocking on the door and he makes a spiritual declaration, you latch on to that. You wrap your arms around that. You make that your very own. And you don't let no power in hell take it away from you or lie to you. And he goes on and he says, no power of man, no scheme of man will take it away from you. That's what he says at the end of John 15. That's good stuff, Maynard. First Peter 1.8 talks about being filled with unspeakable joy, though we don't see him, receiving in the end our salvation. And that leads me unspeakable joy. That same word is used in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 15 where it says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And if you look at different translations, you will find indescribable, you will find unspeakable, you will find inexpressible, when you go and dig a little deeper, you will find what, what words fail to say. You, imagine that, that joy that you can't put into words. That's the merry heart. That's my prayer for us. That's my prayer going into this season for next year and for the people we come in contact to. And even if it's a seed, God knows how to water that seed. God knows how to wa uh, watch over that seed, and he will. But there's another point 
that I want to make with this unspeakable joy and talking about joy. It's not all a bed of roses. I would love to say, to get up here to you guys and say, you know what, God will give you joy and you won't experience any pain. You won't experience any suffering. But I'd be lying to you. And boy, I sure don't want to be up before God and just, uh, 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 that won't work. But the idea is that this joy in the midst of hardships will not let us quit. You know, that, that passage in James, very familiar one to all of us, count it all joy when diverse temptations come your way. Now, I, w- I will be honest with you. I, I would not put any temptation, any trial, any disaster, I would not put those on my 10 best memories list. But what I will tell you is that when these things come, and they will, they do not get the final say. They may try to dismay. They may try to push you down. But they do not get the final say. Joy has a bigger outlook than what is trying to be set right before it. Consider Jesus. Hebrews 12 verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him. What was set before him? It was the cross. Does that sound like joy? What did he see beyond the cross to make him endure it? He saw us being reunited with him. And, he, and that, that joy of being reunited with him is what gave him, that gave him the power to endure. It wasn't a thing that he worked up. He prayed. He asked God, if it be thy will, take this cup from me. But he made the choice. Being reunited. And I honestly have to tell you this. I, I, a while back, I did that NCIS moment where this little kid goes into the MTAC room and he wants to see his mom so bad. And McGee, in this episode, who was one of the employees there, tells him to close his eyes and he doesn't know what's going to happen and there's that big screen. But I tell you, that image of when that little boy opened his eyes and he saw his mom on that big screen, the eyes told that story. That he, he had joy and cried out with all his heart, Mom! Because of what Jesus did for us, we on any given day can and should cry out, Jesus, thank you so much. You made a way where there is no way. That's right. That's right. That wasn't the end of the story. He saw joy. There was a bigger picture.
Bob Heil had a quote that uh, some time ago he, he mentioned more than once, rejoicing is the voice of faith. I think he's right. If we really believe, I think there, that will, then that faith will take us to a place of what, what am I prepared to do? What deliberate step am I willing to take? And um, so I touched on this earlier, but I'm going to restate this again just for the benefit. Beware of the little foxes that spoil the grapes. Sometimes we have a way of letting those little things get in and before you know it, they become a stronghold. And they wonder, well, how did that happen? The other thing that I want to say to you, though, in light of that, is that, that, that joy is a fruit of the Spirit. We can choose joy. Just like in Psalm 103 where it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. I can tell my soul to bless the Lord. And it's going to do it. I'm not going to put up with any lip. Bless the Lord, O my soul. That's all there is to it. You got that? Okay. But we can talk to it. We can. We don't have to put up with it. And I'll tell you, there's times when I treat it like it's my best friend. Shame on me. It's just as dangerous an enemy as the devil. Rejoicing is the, in the, is the voice of faith. So God, like David, may put us, okay, what am I prepared to do in responding to that, to embrace that? And so God, rest you merry gentlemen. I come back to that, let nothing you dismay. We can choose. We don't have to let, as I said earlier, let circumstances, let the enemy, we don't let them dictate to us. We don't even have to give them the time of day. Oh, we can recognize that they're there. Another thing that I would, uh, how to, if you will, I would, I would say worship. I say this in a joking way, but it was some time ago when, when uh, Cosm was going and uh, I'd be in a class and Tom was teaching a worship leading class next door and I'm hearing this lecture and all I can hear in the other room where Tom is teaching this class and uh, I hear music start to playing and I, I'm jokingly thinking to myself, man, you know how hard it is to write when my hand wants to go up in the air? That's hard. My hand wants to go up in the air. I got to write this down. No, I hear, John, I hear Tom and who's ever in that room worshiping the Lord. And man, that's, that's, that's good. And my heart's, my heart's rejoicing inside of me. It's good. I'm not there, but my heart's bearing witness to it. You talk about a holy distraction. That's a good distraction. Paul and Silas, when they were cast in prison for their witness, I don't think they sang, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. No, it says they worship God. And God liked it so much that he started tapping his foot. And guess what happened? All the jail cell doors opened. They made a decision to worship God. And I tell you, setting your focus just the way Jesus did. The author and the finisher of our faith is the one who helps us to set our focus on him. And as they turned their focus on God, 
the things of this world will grow strangely dim. In that particular case, the prison doors opened up. But I can tell you that God was pleased with their choice, with their decision. John chapter 16, verses 20 through 24. Truly I say to you, you will, leap, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her time has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. In that day... You will ask nothing of me. Truly I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are the glory and the lifter of our head. We thank you, Lord, that you are our joy. And I ask, Lord, as I prayed earlier, let us not be the same. Pour out. Take the lid off of that bottle. And Holy Spirit, rise up. Rise up in each one of us. Be the glory and the lifter of our heads. Crown us with joy. It's your joy. It's your joy, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're so good. You're so good. In Jesus' name, amen.